Thanks, Dave. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it really is a joy and a privilege and a pleasure to join you again this morning from the Highlands of Scotland. And uh, distance is no object, is it, when we're all in lockdown and we can do this technologically. So it's great, just great to be with you. Uh, second time in two months. My goodness, as if you weren't suffering enough with lockdown, you've now got me uh, back again for another month. So uh, we're back into the book of James. Just let me remind you, refresh your memory or if you're listening or watching for the first time uh, just let you know that these are wise words of ancient wisdom that have been preserved for us with remarkable accuracy across the centuries and they take us all the way back to around about AD 50 to 60 something like that and they, these words are written for us uh, by a man called James. That's not one of the original apostles, James, almost certainly uh, it's the brother of Jesus, the eldest brother of Jesus, and the leader of the church at Jerusalem as it was founded uh, way back then. But writing words that are still of enormous relevance and challenge uh, and encouragement to us today. Words that he's writing all about the power of words themselves, our spoken word, the power of the tongue, I guess. Um, I'm reminded of a, of a quotation actually from uh, Elisa Doolittle um, in My Fair Lady, the musical that came from the play, um, uh, where she says, words, 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 don't give me words, show me. And I suppose that's where we left our series last time. I, I, last time I addressed you last month was from the uh, end of chapter two of James, where we're talking about the importance and the power of actions. So we don't just use words, but we back our words up with actions. Uh, and therefore, uh, there is a wholeness uh, instead of a hypocrisy uh, about our Christian walk with Jesus. But words are important. They are really, really important. It's a, it's an old lie, isn't it? I can remember learning this and quoting it at school to, to playground bullies. It's an old lie that says, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But that isn't true. Sticks and stones may break our bones, but words most certainly can help or they can hinder in our journey together with God and also our journey together with one another through life. And that includes through life in lockdown. Let's have a little quick think, a quick, I suppose, a kind of an overview. I'm just going to go through the whole of Scripture now for us from Genesis to Exodus, uh, from Genesis to Revelation, rather, in just a few quick seconds. The power of words. Genesis, the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter one, where God, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit all involved in creation, the Father taking initiative, the Spirit brooding, hovering over the chaos that was there. And then the word of God, of course, Jesus is the word of God. So Father, Son and Holy Spirit all involved in the creation story, that, that metaphor to help us understand that God was involved in the creating of everything, not particularly so much how he did it but why he did it so that he could have a personal relationship with me and with you and in Genesis chapter 1 uh, right through that chapter how does God how does he bring things into being how does he produce order out of chaos something that we could do with learning about uh, in this time of lockdown but well, he does it 
through the spoken word. So God says again and again, recorded for us there in Genesis, and God said, let there be and there was. If we move over into another one of the ancient wisdom uh, stories in the book of Proverbs in the Bible, we read these words in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 23. It is a wise person's heart that guides their mouth and their lips then promote instruction. A wise person's heart guides their mouth. It's unwise to just run off at the mouth. We want to promote good instruction with the words that we say. If we flick into the New Testament, that section which is written for us to explain the coming and the dealings of Jesus, God wrapped up in human flesh. God made a person to show us. God becomes flesh to show us what he is really like. Then in in Mark chapter 1, uh, and verse 41, we find Jesus doing the same thing that his father did back in Genesis with the creation, the created order. Uh, Jesus speaks into people's situations with words, and in doing so, he makes people whole. So to a man with leprosy, which means that he would have known what lockdown was like. If you had leprosy in those days, you were completely shunned. You were on the edge of society. You could meet with no one. You could touch no one. And to a man in that situation, the words of Jesus echo across the years and across the miles. And Jesus says to that man, be clean. That's an interesting word, actually, in the original Greek. It's the word sozo. It means be made whole or be set free or be cleansed or be forgiven, because I think it's clear to us as we spend more and more time with ourselves reflecting in these times, with the time that we have to think about who we are and how we are and who we are becoming, that all of us actually need to be made more whole. We all need to be made more clean. We all need to be set free. We all need to be forgiven. And those were the spoken words of Jesus, the power of words demonstrated for us across the Bible, not just in our passage here in James. A little bit further on in Mark chapter 11 and verse 23, again, Jesus' words says this about the power of words. He says, whoever does not doubt but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. A promise of Jesus about the power of words. If we flicked into another one of the Gospels, the, the, the Gospel according to St. Matthew in chapter 12 and verse 34, some very insightful words from Jesus where he says this, it is out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. It's out of our heart that our mouth gives expression. And so whatever is on the inside of us, that is ultimately what will come out. And we can try to pretend to be as nice as nice. But if on the inside of us is pain or hurt or fear or anger or, or worry or anxiety, that ultimately that is what will spill out of our heart and come out of our mouth. So I guess we need some heart surgery if we're going to be whole and clear and clean and forgiven and set free in these times and all of those things are possible for all of us through the person and the power of Jesus Christ the very word of God made flesh and then if we go into the book of Romans 
so out of the Gospels now and into some of the the letters that were written to the early churches in the Bible in the New Testament. In Romans 10 and verse 9, we read this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord, then you will be saved. It's that same word again. You will be set free. You will be made whole. You will be cleaned up. You will be forgiven. Something that I think we all need. And then the very end of the Bible. So we've gone from Genesis to Revelation in about four minutes. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, it it, it says there that actually the followers of Jesus, the saints of God, ordinary people, not special people, but people who've been set free, forgiven, cleansed, the followers of God, the saints of God, will overcome evil and we're living in difficult and even evil times, will overcome evil in two ways. First of all, through the blood of the Lamb, that's the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. The Son of God who gave his life freely so that we could be forgiven, cleansed, set free, made whole, and know the Father. We overcome evil through the blood of the Lamb and through the word of our story. The power of our testimonies, the the power of words is written in to scripture, these ancient holy writs all the way through from Genesis to Revelation. But let's focus now on this passage in James and chapter three. And I'm going to read the passage out to us so that we are all familiar with it. Those of us that are not just let these words from ancient wisdom wash over you. Kicking in at the top of what is called chapter three of the book of James in verse one. James writes this, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers and sisters, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of the horses, we're picking up now on some of that that word game that we played so well earlier on. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Goodness, strong words about the power of the tongue the power of our spoken words let's read on all kinds of animals birds reptiles and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man but no man can tame the tongue it is a restless evil full of deadly poison with the tongue we praise our lord and father and with it We curse people who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, writes James, this should not be. 
can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Strong, challenging words about the power of our tongue and the words that we say and how we say them. The passage starts, doesn't it, in verse one there uh, with a bit of a warning, actually, which I take really seriously. It's not that encouraging if, like me, you actually are a teacher uh, of the Bible, amongst other things. Not many of you should presume to be teachers because we'll be judged more harshly. That's because it's really important that we don't say what we don't deliver, that we don't divorce our words from our deeds. And we learn that at the end of the second chapter of James, where he talks about faith without words, without deeds is dead. So a, a warning against hypocrisy in verse one. In verse two, I love this because it's a, it's a, it's a reality check, isn't it? It's a, and it's so, so inclusive. We all stumble in many ways. Hands up. I do. You do. If we're being honest, we all stumble. We're not perfect. There's some irony, I think, as James writes uh, there at the end of us too, about the perfect man, because none of us are perfect. The only perfect man who has ever walked the face of this planet, the only person without selfishness and sin is Jesus Christ, the very son of God. The rest of us, all of us, you and me, we stumble in so many ways. It's so inclusive. It's like the language of 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8, which says this. If we say that we are without sin or selfishness, then we are liars. But if we confess our sin, then God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us, set us free, heal us from all of our unrighteousness. And then we get this strong little passage, uh, verses three and four, and 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 the, the the metaphors, the pictures, the images that are used here that were picked up in the in the in the game that we played earlier uh, about horses and about boats. Uh, horses controlled by bits, boats controlled by rudders. The picture is of something which is strong being controlled by something which is small, uh, and this is a passage which is all about, I guess, ultimately our need for self-control. The picture is widened then as we go into verses 5, 6, 7 and 8, where it starts to talk about fire. We had that, the, the professor, the mad professor with the match, uh, the invention of the match. Uh, we know a lot about forest fires up here in the Highlands because actually every, every year, around about this time actually, although it's uh, somewhat limited by circumstances, uh, the, the heather on the hills uh, is, is set fire to in a controlled manner in order to burn off the old undergrowth which has become woody and twiggy to make space for the new which is very much better for insect life and for bird life and, and for management of the heather moorlands and you see i can see it from my bedroom window even as i'm speaking i can see one such actually i can see the smoke rising on the hills across the way from me here fires that rage not controlled but uncontrolled and therefore destroy much. And that's that's our default position. We're all broken, we're all fallen, we all stumble, we all live in a fallen world, and there is an enemy that is evil. And right in the middle of those verses, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, in verse six, we we hear James talk about the tongue, this small part of the body which is so so powerful the original word in the greek 
there is the word glossa, uh, which uh, is connected in the English language with, la with languages, language glossolalia. I guess really what James is saying is, it's all about how we choose to use. It's all about how, with God's help and self-control, we choose to use this little instrument, the tongue, in order to have a major impact for good rather than for bad on ourselves, on one another, and indeed in praise of God. And that's why in verse 9, James goes on to talk about the, the terrible hypocrisy that can happen otherwise if we do not choose right in order to come out right. The terrible results of that, if on a Sunday, we like today, we praise God, and we're going to be doing that in just a wee while now, we praise God with this tongue, but on a Monday morning, we use the same thing to speak negative words, not of praise or a blessing, but of negatives and of cursing so we praise god but we curse people there's no integrity in that because people are made in the image of god and i suppose the thing for me that makes the big difference three counties church and any guests and visitors that are listening in this morning or to this recording i guess the difference is what is the lens that we look at what are the glasses that we put on what is the focus that we have as we look Yes, it's broken on a broken world. As we look on, yes, they're broken on broken people. As we look inwards at ourselves, yes, we're broken, but it's all made by God and it's all made in the image of God. People are made in the image of God. And if we will only put that lens on, if we can only put those spectacles on to look at people, what a difference that make that may make about how we see people and how we speak about people so we don't see them as utterly bad and corrupt and we're waiting for that moment where they shaft us or they let us down or they disappoint us but we're believing the best and we're hoping for the best and we're speaking the best why because we are all made in the image of God whether you know God this morning or not does not alter the fact that you are made as an image bearer and you are made to know the God who made you and so the difference is the filter, the lens. I suppose it comes back, just like Deuteronomy chapter 30, where God says to his followers, his people, he says, look, today I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. This day choose life and blessing. And so it's for us as the followers of Jesus this day to choose life and blessing and to speak well of one another not just of God but of one another in whose image we are made and to speak well of those who know him and love him and to speak well of those who do not yet know him and love him and that might include you listening to this message this morning but the good news is this you can know him you can be changed even more into the, an image bearer into the image of the one who knows and loves you into the image of the son of God Jesus Christ you can know him personally for yourself and if you already know him can I remind you church of the words in 1 John chapter 4 verse 20 you can't love God and hate your brother and sister let's speak well of God let's speak well of ourselves as we learn to love ourselves and forgive ourselves and let's speak well of those who do not yet know him because one day perhaps for some of you even today you may very well come to know him in the midst 
of all of the pressure and angst that we find ourselves in at the moment. What a time to discover your destiny and why you are here. So who will you bless this week, Three Counties Church? Guests and friends of Three Counties listening in, who will you speak well of this week? Where will you send a card or pick up the phone or do a, zo- a Zoom meeting or an email or WhatsApp or Skype and, and, and say what you see, but only the good stuff? Just for once, just the good stuff. Say what you see, bless and encourage one another. And can I say that if you're watching this uh, in the church or you're watching this and you're just a friend of the church and you do not yet know Jesus, you could know. He is alive. He loves you. He died for you. He rose again so that you could truly be an image bearer whose heart is being forgiven, restored, transformed, cleansed, set free in the power of God's Holy Spirit, so that you can speak well of God, well of yourself, well of other people, and bless them and not curse them. The power of our words. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to hand back to Dave. Father, help us this day to respond to your Holy Spirit. If we need to meet you for the first time, then help us to humble our hearts and begin our journey of surrender to the risen Christ, that we might know that Jesus is enough and his resurrection power in our lives and through our hearts and mouths is enough for us to live well in God's world, God's way. So come and this morning, this day, cleanse us, forgive us, set us free by the power of your word, so that our words might bring you glory. And we ask this for your sake and into the name of your precious son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.